kill pod now. Oh, <laughs> Still better looking than you, that's for sure. <laughs> so I always say, it's like, uh, you know, this is it. I mean, either you like me or you don't. It's as good as it gets in Hungerford, England. <laughs> So here we are again. Welcome back to Bonding with Mark and Andy. I, of course, am Andy. That, of course, is Mark. We are thousands of miles apart. I, uh, I'm here yeah. in Nashville. We recently just survived a tornado last night. Did not hit me, thankfully. Um, uh, went a little north of the city. Uh, you're over in England today, Mark, still. How's we the weather get, in? We don't get to tornadoes so much, but it's very gray. It's very cold, and it's quite wet and unpleasant. Now. Let me ask you. I, I, we there, there's a uh, what is it? Uh, I don't want to say a stereotype, but we have a uh, an idea of, of England always being foggy and and wet. Is it yeah. is it like that all the time for the most no, part? No, not all the time. No, that's Mary Poppins twisting your mind for you. It's not all misty streets. Yeah. And gas no, no. It's, uh, our weather's been all over the place. <laughs> at the moment and yeah i'm looking at a very slate gray sky the wind is pushing the trees around and it's wet nice oh enough of that that's enough of the niceties let's talk about our we're doing some you only live twice i found this retro poster i love this thing it's a great poster um we've been absent for a while and that's because of me but we're trying to get back in the swing of things here so we're we're on the you only live twice, which is the fifth in the series of films. Yeah. And what I'd read was I think it was the twelfth novel, something like that. Yeah, it was getting to the end um, of it. Yeah, I, and I have some notes on this script, this movie. Who wrote the script? Uh, let's go down some just some quick info, and you chime in when you have something you think you need to add or correct. Uh, you only live twice. Right, came out nineteen sixty seven. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, this is currently sitting at 74 with the uh, critics and 68 with the fans. It's a great uh, Bond film, and there are a couple of really big Bondy elements in it that set the tone for, for things to come later. But is well, it one, I, it's not one of my favorites. I'll chime in. So I, as okay, we're watching him in order for me. So this is the fifth one for me. So far, this is probably my least favorite. And yeah. there's there's and I found out as I was doing some some of my research on this film, um, the, the so the writer of the script, the main writer who became Roald the Dahl. credited writer, Raul Dahl, who we who we know from, um, <laughs> excuse me, um, other other Jolly films and other Dahl. books, yeah, Jolly Chaga Factory, whatnot. Uh, in reading about him writing this story, he said the plot was horrible. He said the it's story, the worst. Bond. Uh, worst bomb book Fleming had written. It's like a travel. He did. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what he said. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay. Cause I'm, I'm like watching this and like, this script is not, I should say the script was weak. The story was weak in comparison. Cause I'm watching this. Yeah. And I, I've seen, you know, uh, Thunderball and I've seen, you know, Dr. No. And I'm like, what, this whole movie's about them. Just the, the, the Blofeld's trying to get United States and Russia to go to war. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's big, but there's no great just secret plot. And um, then when you read what, what Roald Dahl said, I'm like, okay. And I didn't read this book. 
you know, I've been I've been reading them as we go. So mm-hmm. I was like, then I I backed off of my my uh, disdain for the film. I was like, okay, because I mean, again, there's some great stuff in the movie. Oh, there is. There's it's some just, real epic Bond moments in it. It's just it, apparently... overall, and then well, and then real quick, I'll say that it was um, it was known. Uh, Connery, this was he was gonna be this was gonna be his last Bond film. And key, I've read some key, reviews where they say you could tell he just wasn't as interested in this yeah, movie. The, the key to, to, to what you're talking about there is on that poster behind you. It says Sean Connery is James Bond. Because his oh, fame yeah. by this point was massive. I mean, the sixes were Beatles and Bond and maybe Batman. They were the you know, three it became why a real was he leaving? Why was he going out? Do you know he why just, he wanted he, out? He just got he he thought Broccoli and Saltzman were stiffing him for money because Bond by this point was just making you know squillions, oh, yeah. millions. Let's, let's and he do was the only numbers. A certain amount of money, and he was disgruntled with the money, and then it, all the fame was just overwhelming. Apparently, one of the stories that you know tipped him over the edge is journalists were following him into toilets and trying to talk to him and interview him when he's in the toilet, and he said, "I've had enough. It's too much." And that's that's when "You Only Live Twice" was was being filmed. So, I think it was quite difficult behind the scenes, by all accounts. Had to be. He'd had enough of it by then. You think about that. Um, side note is is a lot of people dream of being famous. You know, growing up as a kid, you like, I want to be a movie star. I want to be an actress. I want to be a. a, a, a I, I wanted to be a problem. rock star. And then you think about uh, it's because you know we we is we Mark and I are friends and we're we're because of a band called Night Ranger, and I've done some traveling with the guys and like and they're not even super famous anymore, but like just the, just them going to get a coffee in the yeah. morning. Hi, hi, Jack. Can I take a photo? It must be you, annoying. You have to be prepared at all times, mm-hmm. and so I kind of get. And with, yeah, with, with the Beatles, you had four of them to share the fame. But with Bond, it's just Connery. And I think, he, he, by all accounts, he'd had enough of it. And he was... He I wanted mean, to do other things. I mean, even Teresa said last night, because we were talking about it, and she saw it, and I had the movie on, and she's like, you know, he, he was so strikingly handsome. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I said, you got to imagine. I mean, this guy's he was handsome. He's got that perfect accent. And he's at the time probably Bond was so huge, and they did say that. The, the, so this film, it was, the budget was nine and a half million. It grossed the worldwide set, box the set for the volcano. Spoilers, but the yeah. set for the volcano at yeah. the end was a million dollars, which was the budget for Doctor No in the first place. That's how big it had become. And, and they say you could see the volcano from three miles away. The yeah, set yeah, yeah. At, from yeah, Pinewood, yeah. which I mean. God, that thing was massive. Um, so yeah, it, it grossed worldwide 111 million dollars. Like this thing was a juggernaut. But there was it's all. But set they said it and with with other Bond movies, it's quite glamorous. And he's moving around. Yeah, this one it gets a little bit bogged down because it's in Japan the entire time. Which yeah, I, I yeah, know. Well, I like it. Great bits in it. I mean, little Nelly for a start is worth the price of the ticket alone. But um, yeah, it's yeah, not this my favorite. this whole thing here. Fun, yeah. Uh, an interesting. I have a note on that because I found it funny that, and we're going to jump around. This is not going to go in, in order, but uh, he's flying this little gyrocopter thing. Gyrocopter. We've got a guy uh, that has got a couple around where I live, and occasionally he flies across, and you can tell when it's little Nelly because it makes a very peculiar noise, tiny little thing. Yeah, I hate to go up with one. 
not yeah, not the same as a helicopter noise. No, no, that's, no. This is just a little tiny engine like a motorbike engine on the back of it but what i found funny again these are just uh, continuity things i i look at when i watch films is that um he's got no windshield and no glasses on yeah 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 just just flying through the air (laughs) it's no like your eyes would be so wet and bloody and dry and all that but uh uh, so as we said the film was it had three writers in theory the first uh, writer the first script was um rejected Second, when guy came in to punch it up, uh, it, it was basically rejected, and that's when they brought in Rold, who he didn't necessarily want to do it, based on the what I'd read. But he's friends with um, was it broccoli? Or yeah, Saltzman? he's like, friends with, yeah. with one yeah, of them, and they kind of kind of called a favor in, and he said, "All right, I'll do it." And he and that he'd never written a screenplay, so he didn't know what he was doing. Um. So I, I give a lot of leeway to that, and I don't think that the screenplay is horrible, but it's just, like you said, he had no plot to work with. So I'm not curious to go back. I want to read the book now because I want to see if it's as bad as it uh, comes across. Well, in the, if I, I haven't read the Fleming book, You Only Live Twice, but uh, yeah, Blofeld is in Japan, and he's got he's he's living he's hiding away in a castle, and he's got a poisoned garden of death. That's what goes on in the book. So that's why I think one of the reasons it ended up in Japan. Yeah, yeah and there's none of that in the movie. No. None of it. Um, and then, of course, it's directed by a guy named Lewis Gilbert, who I have some notes on. Lewis Gilbert, do you know anything about this guy? Yeah, he he, he was it the war movie he did. I can't remember. But he ended up coming back in 1977 to do The Spy Who Loved Me with Roger Moore, which is essentially a remake of You Only Live Twice, but with nuclear submarines. Is but it we'll really? that another day. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And he also did Moonraker. And Moonraker, yeah, which is which is one of my favorites. I love Moonraker. Okay, uh, but yeah, his his credits go for uh, basically something called Reach for the Sky in 1956, That's Sink it. the so, Biz, Bismarck in 1960, yeah, Alfie, Educating Rita, Shirley Valentine. These are things that he's known for. Um, I, I didn't dig deep on this guy because I was just curious because he wasn't. Um, he wasn't the director they wanted originally. They wanted the. Um, I think they uh, wanted the... Terrence Young to come back. I think. Right, and that was he's it. And they couldn't. Doctor No, but yeah. he couldn't do it, or he didn't want to do it, or something like that. Yeah, and and from what I understand is that they they approached um, Lewis Gilbert and said to him, "Hey, you want to be part of this?" And he said, yeah. "Okay." And I mean, you know, he did fine. Uh, it it the hard part when you go back and watch these films now, and this isn't just Bond; it's anything from the '60s. Is because filming uh, has got so much better today. Filmmakers have, have learned from these guys, but these guys are setting standards. So you have to so work so hard to remove your your 2023 knowledge and just just enjoy the film for what it is. Mm. You know the 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 campiness of some of it, the way the scenes are shot, that cuts, the edit. I'm not ripping on that. To me, this whole thing, this the plot was a little weak, and I'm not saying it was horrible. It just was weak. It was, yeah. it was just like. Mm. But the, now the real, the real joy for me is because I'm a fan of the Austin Powers movies. Oh. You see, yeah. you see where he got so much from this film. You can see it from this film. Yeah, no, totally. The whole, the whole stroking the cat. With, the whole... I mean, the Bond movies had started to get ridiculous. Doctor No from Russia with Love, a straightforward spy thriller type thing. Goldfinger ups the ante a bit with the Aston Martin and the gadgets. Thunderball's even bigger. 
and then yes. you come to you only live twice and you've got a, a villain who's living in a volcano you know he's getting a bit yeah. well and they said that uh when i in reading up on this one that the next film was supposed to be on her majesty's secret service that's right but um, it was, they, you need snow for that it's wrong time they, of year, they, so they went with this yeah. one. It was a whole, it was a scenery and climate issue. So they went with this one. So it, this film felt like it was thrown together. That's what it felt like. And it, and it plays that way. Yeah. So um, just a couple, I'll do a couple quick notes and then we'll, I got some facts and we'll just have a little conversation. Um, this thing opens with the astronauts in space, which is, well, I'm sorry, it opens with the, the Bond dying, right? Why do Japanese um, girls taste different to other girls? <laughs> And then, then he says, like, like Peking duck tastes different. And, he get, and, and the girl goes, I give you very good duck. And then these, these gummen come in and spray the bed with bullets. It's like, yeah, it's good. Connery so, at his best. I'm, in, I'm, I'm intrigued at this. I'm like, holy crap, Bond's dead. And then they do the burial. And I was like, how's he going to come out of this? Like, they bury him at sea. Yeah. And then in my head, I'm thinking, oh, you I don't need that. I always thought it was odd when I've watched it. This is James Bond. He's, you know, a national hero. Da, 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 da. Why would they just bury him in Hong Kong Harbor? Surely they'd fly him home and, you know, I never understood that. But there we go. Exactly. Well, and why was he, was he undercover or what is he, was he truly a naval officer? Well, because, it, because I think the theory, I think the story was, Bond by this point is being is getting well known by the people he's beaten. So all the victories had over Spectre and all the rest of it. He's got he's got a bit of a name for himself. So they kill him off to help preserve his anonymity. But then he's back on the street and walking into a sumo wrestling with, match a couple of nights later. Zero costume. I have a note about that. So I wrote I wrote that. I was like, yeah. so let me get this straight. He gets killed in Japan. Yeah. And then he's walking they, around. Yeah. He's just walking around Japan with nothing, not a beard, not glasses, yeah. not a ball cap. He's just, I was yeah. like, uh, you got to let some of that go. Yeah. Um, I loved, uh, so so when he, when they when they do the burial at sea, I, my first thought was, oh, he needs the, that the, little. The point is they're, they're trying to find out who's taking, because America back then, you just started doing your spacewalks with Gemini and all this sort of thing before mm -hmm. you went to the moon. So that's where the rocket angle came from. So they're trying to, the, these American and Russian rockets are getting, they're disappearing in orbit, this aren't they? Period, so in orbit. Who's, taking, who's taking these rockets? And there's a theory that it's coming from somewhere near Japan. So Bond is in Japan and he gets sent to look for what's going on. That's the yeah. start of the film. And then as he's as he's under being buried at sea, my whole thought was is the only way he can be alive is if he's got that little breather thing. Remember yeah. from uh, earlier films? Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's got to have that. And of course, we find out that he does. Now, I loved... And I'm saying this, Mark. I love the fact that he gets on the submarine, and there's M and Penny. Uh, oh, they're all in there. This, the office. Yeah, it's it's a replica in the submarine. I'm like, oh my god, this is fantastic. Yeah, it's just it's wherever he goes, it's his office and M's his office. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. I mean, I'm not being facetious. I was like, that's that's fun. That's fun to me. I, the whole but the again, whole routine. He comes, plays. That, he, he comes out of that stuff. He's he's been wrapped up in. Yeah. And um, he's in a full naval uniform, completely immaculately dressed in his naval uniform. I quite like that. It looks rather nice. I mean, I don't look that good yeah. if I try to dress up. He's just been <laughs> submerged. <laughs> uh, so then uh, we, we get to um, we go to the astronauts in space part. We see the first taking of the ship. And again, uh, another just doesn't make sense is the guy. Uh, he's in the space capsule. He's going to do a sp an, uh, spacewalk. And he just opens up the the door, steps out. Hat. Yeah. No yeah. airlock. 
no, no, he just leaves the door open while the other guy's in the driver's seat of the of the capsule. And I'm like, I, look, I'm not a genius, but I understand there has to be an airlock for you to exit. Otherwise, he would be sucked out into space. I mean, it looks too. good, though, when, when his cable gets cut and he sort of floats away. It's quite that good. was fantastic. I mean, it's fun. It's it's a fun movie to watch. So I don't want to you know, say it's, it's bad. It's fun. It's just plot is weak however uh let's move on the the title song that i didn't love the title song you think this oh, is a good one though so, you're a fan of this one. Oh, i i nancy sinatra you only live twice it's in my top five bond themes i think it's a gorgeous song and it uh, sounds to go over like Japan, the strings everything john barry wrote it nancy sinatra yeah. sang it and apparently it took 25 what you hear took 25 different takes to make or something i think it's a yeah, beautiful I think- song the music worked. I just didn't love the song. And again, we'll as we get through all these, we're going to go back and do an episode. Where we talk about all the theme songs and we'll rank them how we think they are. Um, oh, this by the way, comes in my top five. Before we move on too far, ranking this film, let's move. This is where do you think? I'm on the Rotten Tomatoes site where they have all the films ranked. Where do you think this one falls in the line? It's outside the top ten, I'd say. It's not top Let 10. Let me find it here. Um, you Only Live Twice. They have it number 12. Yeah, there we go. So you're correct. They have it sitting between License to Kill and The Living Daylights in their in their ranking. I don't know if, how that's you feel about that. But, moment, that's... but it's, it's, not, it's, it's not the best by any means. Let's see what they say about it right, while we're sitting here. Uh, the critics' comments or the consensus is this. Uh, with exotic locales, impressive special effects, and a worthy central villain, You Only Live Twice overcomes a messy and implausible story to deliver another memorable early Bond flick. Hmm. Um, it is. Yeah. It's memorable. The, the story might be a bit weak in places, but it's got some great moments. Isn't it? Well, for me, the highlights of this film were Q and the gadgets. I love it. I'm, I, I'm always excited to see what we're going to get. Um Little Nelly was fantastic. Uh, we talked, you and I were talking outside of this about the car. I loved the car. The um, I thought it was a Jaguar, so and you were like, GT. That thing is a sweet. Drive, yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. car. Very, very. Uh, I think I, I think it was one of two prototypes, and Connery's like six foot four, and that Toyota GT is a tiny little sports car, and they had to cut the top off to get him in it. That's why it's convertible in the film. So was it? Were they, were, were they made convertible, or they did it for that? I think. I think. A, I've seen shots of them. I've seen hit, shots of a of a hard top version. I'm not quite sure how it worked, but I know that originally they had to cut the top off to get him in it. He was too big for it. But to me, it, it looks very car. similar to a, ja- a Jaguar. So um, yeah, it's uh, a bit E-typey. Yeah. I, I like that. Very uh, great car. Look like the car you sent me a picture of the other day. Your British flag. Uh, car oh well the, let's not talk about driving <laughs> uh, so uh the other thing i found uh just a little little note uh was uh so he's he meets with henderson which is his contact person in japan Dicko henderson and he says to him as he hands him his martini he says stirred not shaken Bongo's and perfect. i think yeah so it's just being and polite I think he made, well, so was that it, or was it was no, the shaken not stirred? He, he kind says of it a... the other way around. He says that stirred, stirred not shaken, and hands him the drink. And Bond politely says, "Yeah, perfect." But this the other way. He says it the other way around. 
Yeah, so so in reality, though, because I think we talked in one of the previous movies, he only says it one time, right? The uh, shaken, not certain, or is it? Does he only say? I'm, I probably I think I'm mixing my notes up. I think he only says Bond, James Bond. Something. Anyway, but that his preference is the shaken, not stirred. And I just thought that was an interesting little take on the film or his drink. Um, and it's, important, the, it's, it's, it's a good a good time to, to, to say, uh, mention the casting process with Bond movies, because you see a lot of actors coming back in Bond films and playing different roles. Charles Gray, who plays Dicko Henderson, Connery's contact in Tokyo, turns up two movies later and he's playing Bofeld. He's had yeah, reconstruction I mean, surgery, and now he's 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 Charles Gray. But two movies beforehand, he was Dicko Henderson. It's strange. Well, do they? So there's no explanation of the changing of Blofelds either. Is it? it's just a matter. Of, it's just like when Connery and Bond changes from actor to well, actor. In, in we just have to buy into it. He's changed his face. Um, they, 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 there's a whole thing about him changing his face. But yeah, he's the same actor plays in this massive role two movies later. It always slightly jars with me. Well, speaking of Blofeld, I mean, Donald Pleasance, man. Donald Pleasance is excellent. Set the benchmark for movie villains. I mean, and as you say, Austin Powers just ruined oh, absolutely. Riffs on it. It was so good. It was iconic. But, but, yeah, I mean, we, I think it's a total homage to it. I mean, he looks at that as like, this guy was perfect. Yeah. And, and he was. Because um, the story I, I is like... they, got in an, they got in another actor whose name escapes me. I think he was a German guy. And he 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 was very small, and apparently Broccoli said he looked like a he looked like Father Christmas. He wasn't menacing enough, so they got rid of him and brought in Donald Pleasance. And Pleasance was umming and ahhing about having a limp or a hump back. He didn't know what disfigurement he was going to go for, but then he eventually ended up with the scar across his face. And they got him yeah, in. Yeah, he's great. He looks great. When he yeah, says "kill Bond now," that really he means it. He spits that out. Kill Bond now. Oh, it's great. Yeah, he. And the, so the funny thing about this, and this is again where they they poke fun at it in the Austin Powers movies, is you have so many opportunities to actually kill Bond, yet you don't take them. You don't do it. Yeah, exactly. You don't do it. <laughs> like he's got I mean, the that, he's that, got that, the go he's got the lake of piranhas hmm. in his lair. Just well, at one point, just shove him in. Helga, Helga Brand, that beautiful Spectre agent, has got him tied to yeah. a chair, and she's got a yeah. scalpel. And she's she's like yeah. you like close shaves, don't you? And and he, yeah, and, she's and she's he gonna says, skin him alive. Yeah, and he says to her, "Well, you know, enjoy yourself." I mean, she could have shot him; she could have killed him right there. But no, she gets him on a plane and flies him off, and then traps him in the plane and jumps out. It's just like, why don't you just shoot the guy? It's very odd. Yeah, well, again, if you go back to the Austin Powers movies and Seth Green's character, he's like, "Just shoot him. I got yeah, a gun. Like, I go, just shoot him." Yeah. And he's like, "You don't understand it. You just have to let him go. You know." Then you have to explain the plot. I mean, you get where, where Mike Myers got this parody. Oh, but, yeah. It's, it's, you only live twice. Is, yeah, he pinched from it ruthlessly. Yeah, yeah and that's uh, in, in when I was reading about it, they said that you, you could, this was the film he lifted a lot from. Oh, yeah. He based a lot of it off of this movie. And it's, it's, yeah. you can see it when you watch it. Um, what else I got? Oh, the other little notes I made was uh, I, I love when he goes, to, well, first of all, there was, there was a slight bit of, um, what do they call it? Uh, cultural inappropriateness, or oh yeah, when they talk about making him look more Japanese. Oh yes, yeah. And they put on prosthetics to make his eyes like yeah, oh, they chop his eyebrows. Yeah. You so couldn't do that in 2023. Now, I it, it does not offend me in the slightest. I I understand it was 1967. It's I have zero time. problem with it. Yeah, but when you watch it, you're like, 
oh my god because we're so we're so coached up now on being so politically correct because we're afraid to say or do anything but i'm like no it's you have and of course and he didn't look anything more asian to me <laughs> he no, put a wig on him. in a very bad wig and a, yeah it looks awful that's like I just what the hell was, you didn't want to disguise him when he came into the country yeah. after being killed. Now you gotta make him look like yeah. But to marry the girl to play this off, he has to look Asian and he doesn't he looks and he's so tall compared to Asian men. Yeah. Anyway. It's funny. Funny stuff. Uh he goes to the ninja training school. Do you remember this whole Oh yeah, Tiger now, Tanaka and his ninjas. Now to me, I always thought ninjas were supposed to be, you know, unseen, unheard. This place, Don't these guys are all making a lot of noise. They're screaming and carrying on. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is the opposite of ninja school, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't understand any of this. Um, and the fact that like they get they like announce themselves coming into the volcano. I'm like, that's not what ninjas. I I maybe I misunderstand ninja. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> thought they're supposed to slide in and you would never know they were there and they would kill you and disappear. What do I know? Maybe maybe. Maybe Raul Dahl had a better idea of a ninja's. Uh, um, and uh, one thing I thought in the the wedding ceremony scene in the movie seemed just a little long. Like I, they drew that out, and I didn't. This yeah. doesn't add to the story to me at all. You could have just, you could have just. Moved I never really quickly. understood why they had to cosmetically change him and send him in as a fisherman anyway. Really, but then. I, I mean, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It just but, adds more Japanese flavor to the movie. Yeah, and they did say so in some of the facts. Let me jump into this because I don't have a whole lot more to say about the movie. It was, it was, I was entertained. Uh, like I said, out of the five I've seen, this would be my number five. This is my least favorite so far. Um, they rank it twelve. I think that's being generous, but I haven't seen all the other films, so I can't. Do you think twelve is an accurate? Yeah, I'd say that's about right. I think that's like the top ten. There, there are better Bond movies. This has got some great moments in it. Some iconic, yeah. Movies. I mean, the tool full of piranhas. How many times have people copied that over the years? Absolutely, and and yeah, it was it was it was cool. It was fun. Um, so a couple things I've got here. I, I did some. I got some pages pulled up here on my my computer. So uh, the Toyota 2000 GT convertible owned by Aki. Uh, two prototypes were built for the film. No others were made. Is what this this website says. All right, says. just two of them. Okay, just says two. Uh, little Nelly, a heavily armed auto gyro that can be transported in several suitcases for a quick field assembly, which was cool. This That's is a, just a guy called Ken Wallace, and he quite often pops up on well, he used to pop on pop up on English TV flying Little Nelly. I've seen him on TV many times. Oh, really? Yeah, a guy called Ken That's, Wallace. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Let's see, the shooting cigarette tiger gives Bond a rocket shooting cigarette with an accurate range of 30 yards, and he uses it against a guard in Blowfield's volcano to reach the control. Now, I, I do like that, but they don't ever explain that prior. Usually, Q would explain your gadgets, so you, he's kind of foreshadowing. No, he, I thought he picked it up in the ninja training school, didn't he? He could have. If he did, I, I don't recall did, yeah, that. No, so. I think Tanaka says it's got a rocket in it. I think so. Oh, God, I must have missed that then. Okay, good. Because yeah, I, I was like, usually up. they foreshadow that. Mm. Um, I think that came from Tiger, Tiger Tanaka. Yes, and then and a note I'd made about the. Um, uh, thankfully, when he when he was in the Otaka headquarters, and he comes across the safe, he had a safe cracking gear with him. Yeah, that was useful. Just, eh? 
it's quite big yeah but it says here uh, a small pocket-sized device that attaches to a safe uh, locked secret agent once open uh, when properly positioned the user needs only to turn the combination lock style and the device lights as each correct combination digit is found until the safe is open however bond learns the hard way that the gadget does not defeat the safe's other security measures such as the alarms oh the alarm so goes we had off, that right and then he has to make yeah. it and uh, I think you'd made a comment about this. This I think this was the first film. No, because they shot it was the first one shot in Japan, but um, mm. they did a lot of the scenery shot there in Japan. Uh, let's look at. I've got a little bit of a personal connection to this movie. Yeah, go. Yeah, I do. Well, in the book, because he gets killed off, like like in the beginning, they kill him off at the beginning. In the beginning of the book. <clears throat> He's killed off an M, M. There's a there's a chapter about M writing his obituary, and it basically fleshes out the past of James Bond. And this is, I think, the moment when Fleming throws in that Bond is half Scottish because he'd met Connery and he didn't want Connery's Bond to begin with, but he'd grown to like him. So he was writing "You Only Live Twice" before you, before he died, and he added in the Scottish her, her heritage thing. But in the description in the book. It says that Bond's parents were killed in a climbing accident and he went to live with his aunt Charmaine. Now, his aunt Charmaine lived in a little village called Pet Bottom, just outside Canterbury. And in the book, I think it describes it as a, as a house hard to the left or hard, hard next to the, to the Duck Inn at Pet Bottom. Well, I, I come from, um, I come from a, that's my phone. I come from a little village called Littlebourne on the other side of Canterbury. And Pet Bottom was about a 15 minute drive. And they have the, the pub, the Duck Inn, was one of the first pubs I ever bought a pint in. And it was notorious for its scrumpy cider. The guy, this was like in the late 80s when I was at, at Sixth Form College, got my first car. And our school was just up the road from Pet Bottoms, just outside Canterbury. And there were three of us at 18 who'd all got cars. And we used to yeah. go out at lunchtime, go down to the Duck, get pissed, and then drive back to school. <laughs> Well, we went, we, we, went, we went down there and John, the landlord, sees, you know, 10, 12 teenagers coming in. He, he knows he's going to have a, a, a good afternoon. So he used to serve us. He shouldn't really because some of us were underage. But, yeah, we'd drink this scrumpy cider and then go back to school. And my friend Steve, Steve Ballard, who ended up in the Royal Marines, bless him, he's no longer with us. But he got so smashed on this scrumpy cider. There were a set of stocks in medieval times. They put people in stocks and put the yeah, you know, and then throw apples oh, yeah. and oranges at them. There's a set of old stocks outside the duck. And Steve absolutely bladdered on this scrumpy cider. Thought it was a good idea to put his head and his hands through these stocks. Somebody put it down on him so he couldn't get out. But he, it, this thing was like so old and rickety. He pulled it out of the ground and it just fell apart. <laughs> John, the landlord, comes running out of the duck inn. and goes, what are you little bastards doing? What do you think you're doing? We all jumped in the car and drove back to school. We just got back to school. And Steve's in the passenger seat of my car. And he goes, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car. And I thought he was going to be sick. But he got out, shut the door, climbed on the bonnet of my car, held on to both sides of the windscreen and went, drive, drive. And I drove into the school with him on the bonnet of my car, right into the deputy headmaster. Got banned from driving into school for three months. That's my connection what? to you only twice. I used to drink in the duck in a lot. I love it, man. That apparently is where Bond grew up in a little little village called Pet Bottom with his arms. I mean, look it up. It's true. It's true that story. is awesome. Hey, spin John your mic Landlord. back around. 
Spin remember, your mic back around. Oh, sorry. Get your mic. Yeah. John, the landlord uh, at the dock. I'm sure he's not with us anymore, but he was a very tolerant. So, man. so uh, why did, did he want it to be? Did he do the Scottish thing because of Connery? Could, uh, let because me ask Connery, you. Connery, yeah. We added it in afterwards, yeah. Is it because, could you tell the difference in the accent between Scottish nah, and well, English and Irish? Yeah, you can tell. When you hear it? I mean, is, is that like a. He's got a very soft Scottish burr to him, Connery. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. To me, I, I'm in America. Because uh, Connery's from Edinburgh, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah Connery's from Edinburgh. So, because he did he did he want to do that to kind of justify why this guy had a Scottish hint to his accent, or did he? I think it was just, just want to honor a, Connery. A tip of the hat to Connery, yeah, because he's done such a good job in the movies. Yeah, because yeah, I always wondered, like, is that a, a real? Um, uh, what's the? Is that a point of pride? The English versus the Scottish versus the Irish. Do you? Guys oh yeah, have a... very much. A, yeah, I mean the Scots, bless them, yeah. are always banging on about independence at the moment. They they keep demanding that we <laughs> we set them free of the union, but I don't know if that's such a good idea. But I don't... Yeah. yeah, who cares, right? I mean, yeah. doesn't doesn't. I'd rather they, I'd rather we were all together than than apart. We are one, all one island together. But there we go. That's not. Yeah, I mean, politics, you are the United Kingdom. We are the United Kingdom. Yeah, as they say. Uh, oh, let me get, I get some other facts. Let's run down these facts. You can jump in. Uh, so, yeah, uh, here's what I was getting. So this is the first vil- film to be shot in Japan. I don't know if there's any more that are shot that way, but this was the first one to be shot in Japan. I don't Japan. think he's ever been back to Japan, Bond. I can't remember. Yeah. No, I don't think so. This was his fifth appearance, which we previously said, uh, based on the novel, of course, uh, the Volcano volcano Lair set. Uh, let me look. Just became one of the most dollars. iconic... Yeah, one of the most iconic locations in the Bond franchise. This is where we see uh, Blofeld's iconic look, which you brought up. True, the scar down the side of his face. Is that ever explained? His scar? No, I don't think so. No. It's just something, yeah. And then, it, and then, and then, in the next movie, on a Majesty's Secret Service, when Blofeld becomes uh, Kojak, Telly Savalas, it's gone. But then the oh, order of the film is different to the books. I don't know. It's Telly Savalas. Oh, I can't wait. I oh, almost I watched it. Like, Sorry. Like, Spoilers. Oh, no, no, that's that's fine. I have no idea who's in the film. Well, I almost watched movie, it. On Her Majesty's yeah. Secret Service, Connor is gone. They get in George Lazenby, and it's Blofeld on a yeah. snowy mountain in, in Austria. And it's, yeah, it's Kojak. He's Telly great. Savalas, He's oh, good. I, I can't wait. Kojak was so big over here. We need um, to talk to Tom Tom Shapin Chapin because he really rates um wasn't Christoph Waltz that did Blofeld in the Daniel Craig movie Spectre. I, but I'm I'm sorry, Tom. Nah. Pleasant, <laughs> Charles Gray, Telly Savalas, and then Christopher Waltz. Yeah, I saw that you had chimed in on a comment on the Yeah, Facebook. no, we need we need to talk about that, Tom. Yeah, we will endeavor to do that. Uh, and that's why I didn't watch uh I was gonna watch it last night. Because I'm kind of flipping through, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch another Bond film. But I, I, I know we want to spend some time talking about Lazenby. And um, oh, there's a lot this, to talk about Lazenby. So, and I want to give him his due because, as we've stated earlier, I think he catches a lot of grief. And I um, think he did a fine we'll job, s- but that's that's another day. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I want to watch it. We'll discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's scroll through this. But I'm going to endeavor to get uh, Tom on too, so we can talk about it. Um, Chapin's got a very big James Bond collection. We should chat to him. I know. It's, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I uh, see Fakes on Death, introduction of Little Nelly, which is interesting. I like that. First appearance of uh, Aki. 
Aki. Aki. Uh, they do have a, it's a memorable theme song uh, by from Nancy Sinatra. It's still, it says it's widely recognized as one of the best Bond theme songs. So I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. Maybe I'm being no, a little harsh. It's a beautiful tune. I was a little sleepy when I started the film, so I'm gonna, maybe I can blame it on I was tired. Yeah, no, do it again. It's a great song. Um, and know, the two women, the two Japanese actresses that are in the film, please don't ask me their names because I can't remember. I won't. But the one that plays Aki was supposed to play Kissy Suzuki, the other one. And they swapped roles at the last minute. I think. The oh, story. and they, you know, they were beautiful women. Yeah, they're beautiful women. Just yeah. Japanese. Stunned, I mean, again, the one thing I love about Bond films is they really do find these stunningly beautiful women. Oh yeah. I mean, again, this these this these films. I mean, they were shot shot in '67, and I mean, looking back, I mean, still stunning, just stunning women. Well, Karen, um, Karen Orr is it Karen Orr who plays Helga Brandt, the Spectre baddie, the woman in that. Um, she's stunning, redhead, gorgeous. Woman. Yeah, she ends up in that Call of Piranhas, which is a shame, but I thought she's gorgeous. You know, as I'll say also about the theme songs, and this is just me being ignorant to the facts. Is the, the only Bond songs I knew was the modern ones because that's the era I grew up with. Yeah. You know, View to a Kill, Duran Duran, and stuff like that. Uh, Live and Let Die. So to right. me, those are the ones that stick in my head. Well, yeah, hard to argue mm. with McCartney, but you know, that's why I think no, I look I think at I, maybe I, I'm Nancy Sinatra, great theme, sings it beautifully. Well, I always give her credit for uh, the these boots are made for walking because I, I freaking love oh. that song. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I know it's cheesy, but, but I love that song. pretty good as well. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank, he was he, he made it, kid made it all right. He was all right. Uh, we look real quick. I don't want to drag this on any further than we have to. So, influence on future Bond films. You Only Live Twice had a significant influence on future Bond films, particularly in terms of its visual style and storytelling. The film set the stage for the grandiose and iconic elements that would define the franchise for years to come. Yeah, because if you look at that set, the volcano that Spectre is hiding in and sending these rockets up to kidnap the American and the Russian rockets, it's an impressive set. It's enormous. And Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Bond I've gets noticed. really big. I mean, it was big with Thunderball and Goldfinger, but Bond is get, gets really big with you. The money, the money is on the screen, and you only look twice. Yeah, I mean, it's these these massive layers, and I love this, and it it's really did set the standard for what we know as evil villains and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it just became the 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 mold that people use. Like, have a big layer. The evil person's gonna have this giant, and I love it. Uh, you know, extravagance. Um, so this does say this was his, his la Connery's last official yeah. Bond film. He um, walked well. He came back for Diamonds, but that's another story. Yes, um, for a million and dollars course, and two movies of his own making or something. Yeah, it says the movie was released coincided with the space race between America and uh, the Soviet Union, and they capitalized yeah. on that. Yeah. This was his Bond's first encounter with Ernst Star Stavro Blofeld. First time he meets him face to face. Yeah. Yes. Um, My name is Ernst Stavro Blofeld. I love the way Pleasance does it. <laughs> and I, well, really and, and, say, I really want to say it again. Forgive me. Kill Bond now. I love that. <laughs> Kill Bond now. I'm, I'm going to open the podcast with that. I'm going to pull that from you. Kill Bond now. <laughs> 
uh, the, the, I'll say this about Pleasance. Where I first became a fan of Pleasance, and you, you, you have the bond. For me, it was Halloween. Halloween, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, God, I loved him in Halloween, mm. and uh, he's just he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, uh, great character. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see him and all that stuff. So, um, well, let me do this uh, one last thing. I'll talk about. I found this little thing talking about uh, Raoul Dahl's uh, the plot. Yeah, he says here, this is a little article about the thing. It says, uh, there's no secret rocket bases here. Although Raul Dahl is remiss in saying that You Only Live Twice as novel has no plot to speak of. If anything, the novel has one of Ian Fleming's darkest plots with Bond averaging the death, uh, I'm sorry, avenging the death of his love by hunting down an old enemy. However, in the novel, Blofeld is not only no longer hidden and shrouded in secrecy, but instead killed off for good by the time the story reaches its conclusion. Yeah. In the book, Bond is heartbroken. Um, well, he's, he's, he's on a mission of revenge because Blofeld... The books and the movies are all around the wrong way. Honor Majesty's comes before you only live twice. So Bond's on a revenge mission to track him down, and he's you know, he's in this castle in Japan with a poison garden or something. And he strangles yeah. him with his bare hands at the end. What I think they made... Memory. They made a better move by not killing him off because they need Blofeld's character later in movies. So I get it. But that's it. I don't have much more to say about this film. Did you enjoy it, though? You liked it. It was all right. I did because I think... It's a good couple of hours. It's an entertaining couple of hours. They're fun. Like I said, you could have shortened the wedding scene or take it out completely. It made no yeah. sense to me. I didn't need it. Um, I, For me, the, I love what I love about these films is the gadgets. And... Uh, that's fun. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the next level of Bond is because right now all I know is Connery. Like I said, again, I'm not, I, and I say this, and some people still don't believe me. I've never seen the other Bond films. I still so, find this hard to believe after oh, a year, two years of friendship. I find that yeah. very bizarre. Very uh, yeah, I just uh, uh, never, even when like I mean, like I talked about, just being a view to kill and live and let die and Moonraker and all that. Uh, I I knew some of the iconic characters. I, mean, I know who Jaws is. But I mean, I know the name Richard Keel, but I know him oh, more from um, massive using... fan as a boy growing up. When he, uh, it wasn't Richard Keel in uh, one of the Cannonball Run movies with that's Burt right. Reynolds, yeah. and yeah. that's how I know Richard Keel, not as Jaws as iconic. <laughs> I'm pathetic, Mark. Nah, you're a good man. You. You're a good man. Well, let's sign this thing off, Mark. We'll, uh, we'll go. Yes, to... okay. Our next one good will be on Her Majesty's show. Secret Service. And uh, take care of yourself and uh, stay warm over there in England. Yeah, it's cold. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Absolutely. This has been a Touch of Madness production brought to you by the Creative Minds at Tommy Twins Media.